This is the Converge Podcast. We meet at 10.30 every Sunday morning at Heritage Baptist Church in the chapel. This is a group that is geared towards those who are young adults who want to follow Jesus and live the gospel life wherever the journey takes them.
is that? Good morning. Hey, there we go. Good morning, everybody. We're going to get things going here. Um, if you haven't already, feel free to go grab some, uh, some coffee, some hot chocolate, get a snack. You're not going to bother me. I just felt like I should uh, go ahead and run through some announcements for us here real quick. Thank you so much for being here today. Man, I am excited for Thanksgiving. Um, today, I just wanted to let you know, if you aren't getting the text messages from us, if you're interested in doing that, I'd encourage you to text at HB Converge to 81010. Um, and that is where we fill you in on things that are going on throughout the week. Like, for example, uh, small groups. Often we have small groups that meet on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So for this week, since Thursday is Thanksgiving, uh, the Thursday small groups aren't going to be meeting. And I believe most of the Tuesday small groups aren't meeting this week either. Although I think the, I think the SUMI still have plans. Um, so I'll send out more info in a, in a text message to the group on Tuesday. But just keep an eye out for those. This week might be a, a little bit atypical just because you know, this week's a little bit atypical. So anyway, um, keep an eye out on those announcements. Um, if you're interested in joining the worship team, if uh, they usually are up here about every other week and open us up in worship, and the best person to talk to about that is Josh Velez, who will actually be up here in a few minutes. So if, uh, if you haven't been able to put a name to a face for Josh yet, this will be a great opportunity for that. If you're interested in helping out with tech stuff on, uh, on Sunday mornings, uh, you can talk to Seth, or you can talk to me, or you can reach out at this phone number, and uh, we can happily find a spot to get you involved back there as well. Uh, let's see. Just going to throw this out again for the uh, Washington, D.C. mission trip uh, over spring break in March. The sign-ups for this is actually open. I didn't grab the link for this, but if you go to hbclynchburg.com hub, uh, you can find the sign up for that. I'll make sure and have the link for this next time I talk about it. But just wanted to keep this on your radar. There's still plenty of time to sign up. Uh, only through December. Okay, so we've still got we've still got a month to sign up. So you can wait a little bit longer. But uh, we're gonna have to make sure and get that in here soon. Um, and then also, uh, there we're trying to get together now for some Christmas caroling on December 19th. So we'll get you more details as that gets a little bit closer, but the tentative plan is gonna be to meet here that evening, go Christmas caroling, and then go to the Victor's house afterwards for uh, Christmas cookies and hot chocolate or something along those lines. So uh, just keep that date open the evening of December 19th, and uh, we'd love to see you then if you can. Um, so over the last couple of weeks, we've been able to, some of us have been able to participate in going to uh, Fort Pickett to visit with Afghani refugees there. And, uh, and I had mentioned that that was going to be able to continue. So now we have a little bit more info on how that's continuing. Apparently that's gonna keep going through at least uh, December 17th. And now they're going Monday through Friday instead of just on Tuesdays and uh, Wednesdays. So if you're interested in going to visit with Afghani refugees uh, you know, in, in a refugee camp for a, a day-long trip um, just to kind of say welcome and, and show them love and have whatever conversations you're able to and, and play soccer with a bunch of little kids. Um, this is an opportunity to do that. Um, you can get more info. If you need it, you can talk to me or, or somebody else that's been able to go. Or you can email Kay Duran. That's Kristen Duran at hbclynchburg.com. Um, she's the one that's heading up this effort, so she should be able to answer all the questions that you have about this. So in addition to the trips that are actually going out to Fort Pickett to visit with the refugees, there are also opportunities to serve possibly people that'll be moving into this area as well. So um, at this same form that, I, that I've got the QR code up here for, um, you can sign up to do things like um, help with ongoing basic needs or transportation or cultural orientation or ESL or things to help people once they're making the effort to resettle. We still don't know what a lot of this is going to look like, and I, I don't have a ton of the info, if, uh, even if Kristen does, about what this is going to look like. But I just wanted to make you aware that this is out there. If this is something you're interested in, if you have uh, a couple of hours, you know, they ask 
Um, would you be available weekdays during the day, weekday evenings, Saturdays, Sundays? Will you be here over Christmas? Those are the kind of information they're looking for. The next question down on this form is something along the lines of, are you able to help one hour a week approximately or, or more than that to gauge kind of your level of commitment and what you're interested in being involved in? So I think a lot of the details of this are still up in the air. But if you're interested in being involved in something like this, if you're interested in, uh, in being welcoming and, and being a smiling face to, uh, to people that are, are coming from one of the most repressed and, and spiritually difficult countries in the entire world, this is a huge opportunity. So like I said, a lot of this is still up in the air. Um, it's hard to say what it's all going to look like. But if you're interested in being involved, um, you're going to want to check out that form or uh, shoot an email to Kristen Duran or, uh, or talk to me or or uh, somebody on HBC staff um, for more info. So I just wanted to throw this out there, keep this on you guys' radar. Um, there's some huge opportunities here, and I know they're not opportunities that work for a lot of people. You know, that's a full day commitment in the middle of a work week or in the middle of a school week isn't something that often works out. But for some of you, this is a great stage of life for that. For some of you, you might be able to, to swing some time on a weekend to, to teach um, someone how to drive or, or help them navigate through some of the, the U.S. systems that we're familiar with that they're not. So, yeah, anyway, I'd encourage you to check that out if you can. Um, so that's all I've got in the way of announcements today. So um, I'm going to open us up in prayer, and then uh, I'll hand things over to Josh, who's going to be talking through some decision-making today. <coughs> Dear God, thank you so much for this opportunity that we have to be here today. Uh, thank you so much for the, 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 this burden uh, for teaching that you've put on Josh's heart for this morning and the words that you've given him. I pray that you'll help him to teach well, that you'll help us to pay lots of attention. Um, I pray for all the, the travels that are going on right now, all of our uh, students that aren't able to be here right now, all the people that are, are going to be all over the globe right now, Lord. And just pray that you give them safe travels and, and help bring them back to us safe. And I pray for upcoming travel that we have as well. Thank you for all that you are, Lord, and all that you're doing. Um, in Jesus' name, amen. Good morning, everyone. My name is Josh. Like he said, I am a senior at Liberty this year. And for those of you guys who do not know, I'm actually from Lynchburg. I grew up in this church. I've been here since I was about 13 years old. And so I'm super excited to be speaking to you all this morning. And as I was thinking about what to speak on, uh, you, you guys know we've been through Romans 8 this semester, but this week and next week, we're actually taking a break on Romans 8. And so I had a little bit of freedom to, to choose what I wanted to speak about. And so I was thinking about something that I personally have had struggles with in the past. And I don't know about you guys, but I have definitely struggled with decision making in the past. It is something I am not too great at, honestly. And we're, we're in the season of our lives where there's a lot of decisions we're going to be making. Uh, there's a lot of transition going on. We're trying to figure out what we want to do with our lives. And so uh, it's, it's something that we should begin to work on. And as I was thinking about this topic, I thought about this past summer. For those of you guys who do not know, I actually spent the summer in Anchorage, Alaska. I was working at a church there um, full time all summer. And I basically had the opportunity to sit under a pastor and kind of observe him and learn the ins and outs of ministry. It was meeting with people and preparing sermons and teaching and all of these amazing opportunities. And as I worked through the summer and, you know, I, I worked there for a couple weeks, I began to really enjoy the ministry. I was beginning to love the people there and the, the work that the Lord was doing. And it was just an, an incredible opportunity. It was an amazing summer. And I just remember kind of getting towards the end of the summer. And I remember meeting with the pastor that I worked with. His name was Pastor Preston. And I remember sitting down with him and having a conversation about my future. And we sat there and he said that he was, he was just thankful to see how the Lord was working in my life through the semester. And he was basically excited to see how the Lord was going to carry me through in the future. And he wanted to see me continue to grow. And so he, he basically talked about this amazing opportunity that the church had. It was this fellowship program. It was a year-long program that basically I would continue to, to stay there at the church, work, uh, the whole year and, and keep learning under Pastor Preston. Um, and I was just super humbled and honored to have this amazing opportunity. And so I was really excited, but I also realized that I had another year left at Liberty. I had resident shepherd ministry that I had committed to do, which is a spiritual leadership thing that's on campus. I had friends and family and school to finish up here. And so I was kind of in this, this fork in the road. I had two amazing options that were in front of me. 
I could stay in Alaska for a year, or I could come back to Liberty and finish out. And I was kind of torn. I didn't really know what to do. I, I remember just feeling so anxious and stressed, and I didn't really know. The, the Lord wasn't really giving me, like, super great clarity on what I was supposed to do. And I was kind of in this middle place where I was just sitting in this anxiousness. And I don't know about you guys, but this, this happens sometimes in my life. This is something that can happen because I don't really know what to do. Maybe you're here this morning and you're a senior and you're looking at the spring and you don't really know what you're going to do. Like, you're, you're trying to figure that out. And, of course, you know, people always come up to you and they ask you that dreaded question, what are you going to do after graduation? And you hate that question because you have no idea what you're going to do. Or, or maybe you're here and you're just a student. You're trying to figure out what degree you want to do or what job to pursue or maybe, you know, what girl or guy you're trying to ask out. Anything like that. You just have all these decisions that you're going to be making. And so this morning, my goal is to, to show you four simple steps of how to make this decision-making process a little bit easier uh, so you can navigate it and make good decisions that are not super stressful. So I'm going to show you four steps this morning of how to go about decision-making. Before we, we jump into this, let's just pray, and, and we're, we're going to start this off in prayer. So bow your heads. Dear God, I'm so thankful for this opportunity to speak this morning and converge. I just pray that you would be with me, God. I pray that I would speak your truth and that uh, the words that I speak would be directly from your word. I pray this morning that we would have clarity and, and instruction on how to, how to go about these decision-making process, and I pray that because of it, we'd be uh, better decision-makers. God, be with us during this time, and I pray this in your name, Jesus. Amen. All right, so the first step of decision-making is to be transformed. Be transformed. This is really the foundational step of the entire process. This is the, basically the most important step. If you don't get this right, everything else is going to kind of fall apart. And this, this step is really based out of Romans chapter 12, verses 1 through 2. It says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. So Paul is specifically addressing believers in these verses. He says, brothers. This is for people who have been brought into the family of Christ. These are people who have accepted Christ as their Lord and Savior. And he basically gives them two specific instructions. First, he says that we need to present our bodies as living sacrifices. Now, this culture was very familiar with sacrifices. They often made sacrifices, so they were familiar with this term, which is a very interesting analogy that he's giving. Basically, what he's saying is, is you need to lay down your life as you continue to live daily life. And this isn't just a physical laying down of your life. This is, when he says body here, he's, he's meaning kind of a full embodiment. Like this is all of who you are is, is laying out as a sacrifice daily to the Lord. And, and he says that this is their spiritual worship. This is our worship to the Lord is laying down our lives. And in verse 2 he says, do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. He's challenging them to, to work, work through this process of renewing their mind to be focused on Christ. It's this idea of, of getting rid of the old and replacing it with the truth that is the Lord's word. And so it's this idea of taking both your physical body and your mind and basically all of who you are, and you're, you're giving this all to the Lord with the hopes of being more like Christ. It's this idea that, that Colossians 3, 2, that we would set our minds on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. And so this is the challenge that, that Paul is giving these people is that we need to be committed to this transformation process. And what's, what's amazing is if we see it at the end of verse 2, it says that when we do these things, when we, we commit to this life transformation, at the end of verse 2 he says, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. What he's saying is, is when, when you're committed to this life transformation, when you're committed to renewing your mind, you will then have the ability to discern what the will of God is. 
you, you get this ability to, to figure out, okay, what does God want me to do? What is he most glorified in in my life? And only does that happen when you actually are committed to this transformation process. One commentator says it this way. The renewal of the mind enables the believer to discern what is good, what is pleasing to God, and what is perfect. When we're committed to renewing our minds, we're then able to discern what the will of God is. And as I was thinking about this story, it reminded me of back when I was in eighth grade. I actually, it was my first year at LCA. You guys are probably familiar with LCA here in town. And I remember back then, I mean, even a little bit now, I didn't really care too much about class. I just would kind of go to class and, and sit there and kind of just zone out sometimes and not really pay attention. I was just trying to get the grade and kind of get out and go home, play video games. Um, and I remember I was in this pre-algebra class, and oftentimes I'd just kind of goof off. I'd, you know, draw in my notebook. And so I didn't really pay attention too much. And oftentimes I wouldn't really know what I was doing. And so one day we were taking a test in class, and I remember just <laughs> not really knowing what to do for these answers. I was kind of stressing out. I was typing all these numbers in my calculator, trying to figure out all these formulas. And I was just, yeah, didn't really know what to do. And I remember a student on the other side of the class, she raised her hand and she asked a question. And the teacher comes to her, and basically she asked a question that the teacher couldn't answer. It was pretty specific about how to go about answering the question. And so the teacher really couldn't give her an answer because she kind of gave it away. And so I'll never forget what she said instead. She said, if you're just quiet, you can hear the voice, the still small voice of the Holy Spirit. And he can guide you and give you the answer for the test. And I was like, okay, sweet. That's all I need, right? <laughs> so I'm just like, all right, let's take a second. Stop typing in numbers in my calculator. Let me just hear the number that comes to my head. And so I, I'm like, okay, uh, x equals oh, 14. Let's do that. Uh, so I, I do that, and of course, you know, a couple days later, I get my test back, and it was not as good as I hoped. So uh, her advice did not work. And really, the, the reason that I didn't know these answers is because I didn't prepare. I wasn't ready to, to, to take this test because I didn't put in the effort. And in the same way, we, we feel as if times, I'm sure some of you here, and maybe even myself sometimes, we, we want the answers. We want, we want the clarity that God gives, but we're not committed to the preparation process. We, we want God to, to show us this amazing picture of what we're supposed to do in the future, but even today, we're, we're not even committed to, to being transformed and renewed with our minds. And, and this is what Paul is saying, is before you are able to discern God's will, you need to first be committed to this life transformation process. And, and some of you here, you, you've gotten kind of confused there. Maybe some of you here have even made an idol of clarity. Like, you, you want clarity so much that you're seeking clarity instead of actually seeking God. And so my question to you this morning is, is, are you committed to being transformed? Are you first committed to being transformed? And this is really the, the foundation. If you want to be a good decision maker, if you want to get rid of the stress in your life of what's next, you need to first be pursuing the Lord. And that's, that's really the, the first step of this decision making process. And so if you're, if, you're not, if you're here and you have not done that, if you're not committed to pursuing the Lord in this process, I would encourage you, come speak to me, come speak to some of the leaders in the room. Let us show you from God's word what it means to follow Jesus. But maybe you're here and you have done that. Maybe you're here and you're like, okay, I'm following Jesus. I'm, I'm a, you know, a Christian. I, I've been serving the Lord for years, but I'm still bad at decision making. Like maybe you're just, it's, it's just tough and I, I get that. Well, the, the next three steps we're going to walk through are going to be kind of a little bit more practical as far as that goes. Um, so the second step we're going to look at is, is we need to be in prayer. We need to be in prayer. Prayer is also a very significant part of this process because it is just an opportunity for you to come before the Lord honestly and say, God, not my will be done, but your will be done. It's an opportunity for you to lay down your plans and replace them with, with God's will. And really the best example of this is Jesus Christ himself. Uh, Christ came to this earth and he humbled himself to be obedient to God's will. And, and we even see throughout his life different places where he lives this out as an example. 
when his disciple, when Jesus' disciples, they ask him, how do I pray? How do I go about praying? Uh, Jesus says in Matthew 6, 9 through 14, he says, and when you pray, do not keep up empty phrases as the Gentiles do, for they think they, that they will be heard for their many words. Do not be like them, for your father knows what you need before you ask him. Pray then like this. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we have also forgiven our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For if you forgive others their trespasses, your heavenly Father will forgive you. But if you do not forgive others their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. So what's interesting with this prayer is that Jesus begins this prayer giving praise to God first. He makes sure that, that he gives the Lord the honor that he is due. He says, hallowed be your name. And this, this, continue, this idea continues as we go into verse 10 when he says, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The goal of this prayer is not to, not to come to the Lord and say, hey, I have uh, this plan in mind, I have this goal, I have this preference, um, you know, please answer this. No, the goal of this prayer is to come before the Lord and say, you are worthy of praise, therefore you're worthy to be followed in this plan. And so I give control to you. One commentator says, one's priority must be the promotion of God's reputation, the advancement of God's rule, and the, the performance of God's will. So our priority must be on the Lord's will, not our own. We come to this prayer. We even see this as Christ is, is being led to be crucified on the cross. We see that he takes the time to go to the Garden of Gethsemane and just lay down before the Lord and say, your will be done. In Matthew 26, verses 39 through 42. It says, and going a little farther, he fell on his face and prayed, saying, my father, if it be possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. And he said to Peter, so could you not watch with me one hour? Watch and pray that you might not enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. And again, for the second time, he went, went away and prayed, my father, this cannot pass unless I drink it. Your will be done. So Christ demonstrates this attitude of complete surrender. He doesn't come to the Lord with his agenda. And what's funny is, is if anyone can come to the Lord with his agenda, it's, it's Christ, right? He's God himself. If, if he wants to come to God, he can do that, right? But he doesn't do that. He humbles himself and he comes to the Lord and he lays down his plans and he says, God, whatever you want, that's what I'm going to do. And so if you, if you want to make good decisions, you can't come to the Lord with your own set of plans. you got to come to the Lord with full surrender, with your hands open saying, God, your will be done. And, and this is tough. I mean, I, mean I, I know this is not easy to do. Maybe some of you guys here, maybe you feel as if you have done that before. But in your heart, maybe some of you, you all know, you got the, a couple things that you're like, but not this, right? You have a couple things you're kind of holding on to. Maybe in your heart you're like, okay, God, I've given you most of it, but just uh, please give me this job with, that makes this much money. You know, as long as that's okay, then, then I'll follow you. And the challenge here is, is look, we've got to lay this down. If we want to make a good decision, we've got to come to the Lord honestly and humbly and surrender that to him. And, and so if you're, if you're here and you know you have a couple things that you have not surrendered over to the Lord, I would challenge you to, to take some time this week or, or take some time and, and get alone with God and, and fall on your face like Christ did and, and surrender that to him. And so that's the second crucial step to the decision-making process. The third step is, is you need to be informed. You need to be informed. Making decisions should not just happen on your own. We're, we don't have the, the capacity to make great decisions by ourselves. We need other people to speak into our lives. And perhaps the, the best book that, that speaks on this is the book of Proverbs. I'm going to talk through three different verses here. 
Uh, the first one is Proverbs 11.14. It says, where there is no guidance, a people falls, but in an abundance of counselors, there is safety. Another verse is Proverbs 12.15. The way of a fool is right in his own eyes, but a wise man listens to advice. And then lastly, Proverbs 19.20-21. Listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom in the future. Many are the plans in the mind of a man, but it is the purpose of the Lord that will stand. And these are three different verses, but they really have the, the same principle surrounding them. If you want to make good decisions, you need to have wise counsel in your life. You need to have people who can speak into your situation with wisdom and help you make that decision. I feel like a lot of times when we're in the situation, we feel like we got it, right? Like we're in there, we're like, I feel like this is the right thing to do. Your emotions are attached, your feelings are there, and so maybe you think that you have the right decision, but in reality, you're, you're kind of like Proverbs 12, 15, when it says, the way of, right, the way of a fool is right in his own eyes. It's, it's so easy to, to think that we have the right knowledge, but we don't really know unless we have wise counsel that speaks outside the situation. Because if, if you're not attached to the situation, if you're not emotionally attached to that decision, then you'll be able to think about it logically. And so that's why we need people in our lives that can speak into those situations. And so I want you to think about a little bit, who are people in your life who could actually speak into your situation? Who are people that are close to you, who know you? Maybe it's a, a friend, maybe it's a mentor in your life. Or maybe it's your parents. Maybe you're blessed to have uh, believing and God-fearing parents. I know for me that's definitely the case. We've all, all seen Tangled. I don't know if you guys have ever seen Tangled, the movie, Disney Princess movie. But we all know the song, Mother Knows Best, right? Um, it's a great movie. And that's, that's facts, honestly. Uh, I always go to my parents if I need a decision. And I remember just kind of going back to that story that I was telling at the beginning of this message. I, I remember one Sunday kind of all this anxiousness coming to one point. I didn't know what I was supposed to do. I remember just being so stressed. I, I was, I'd left, I left everyone, went back to the house and I remember just sitting on my bed and I call up my mom and I'm like just a mess, like laying everything out. I'm crying. I'm just like, I don't know what to do. And I remember after that conversation, she just spoke clarity. She spoke logic into the situation because she wasn't attached to it like I was. And I just had so much more clarity and, and less stress. Like I felt like all the stress kind of lifted off my shoulders because I would talked and I would sought wise counsel. And, and this is just so important. When we, when we go to make decisions, we need others to speak into our lives. And, and I want to encourage each one of you guys to, to think through who are people in your life that, that have the ability to speak into your situation? Who are three to six people in your life that you know of, who are close to you, who love the Lord, who could speak into that decision? And, and I say three to six people because this is a great number. It's not too large. It's not too small. It's not just one opinion, but it's not too many. I know a lot, a lot of times, I know for me, I used to, to talk to everyone, all my friends, about a decision. And I'd you know, talk to 10, 15 people, and i get 10 to 15 different answers, and it honestly would make me more confused. The more input you have, it's just like your mind is all over the place. It doesn't, doesn't bring clarity at all. And so I say three to six people because when, it, when it's that amount, it's enough opinions, it's enough insight to help you clarify that decision, but it's not too much to where you're overwhelmed with information. And so I want you to, to evaluate. Who are three to six people who actually love the Lord, not just people you're close with? And I, and I want to say that because some of you guys are close, obviously, with your parents or, or your family members, but not all of your parents or your family members are actually believers. Sometimes you, you ha you're just placed in, in that situation, I understand, and you're close with them. And I'm not saying that you, you disregard their, their opinions. Uh, you definitely want to continue to honor your parents and your family members, but that does not mean that you need to take everything that they say as, as being godly wisdom. And so I, would, I want to kind of caution you Obviously, you, you want to honor your family, but if, if they're not striving after the Lord, then, then seek three to six people who actually 
know God and, and are seeking after the Lord. And, and so that's, that's really the, the second part to this, is that we need to be informed. Don't, don't just make this decision on your own. This is a big decision. And so get these people together. Talk with them. Talk through the different situations, where you are, where you hope to be, and, and allow them to speak into that situation. And lastly, the last part of this is we need to be active. We need to be active. Once you've, once you've been transformed, once you've been faithful to, to lay your plans down to the Lord, once you've spoken to wise counsel in your life, you actually need to make a decision. You need to be active. I know that sounds kind of simple, but a lot of times we, we get stuck because we don't want to make a decision because we're fearful about what's next. We just kind of sit around because we don't really know 100% what we're supposed to do, and we never really do anything. And this last step is, is really, look, you just need to make a decision. And usually at this point, once you've gotten to this point where you actually make a decision, you're, you're in two different places, usually one of two different places. Either the Lord has made it super clear what you're supposed to do through prayer and through the situation and through the people in your life. Like, maybe God has made it so clear what you're supposed to do. Or maybe God has not made it clear. Like for me this summer, maybe I, you have two great options and both of them are, are, seem like they could bring God glory. Maybe you have two or three amazing options and maybe God has not given you a lot of clarity about which one specifically to choose. Maybe that, that happens sometimes. And, and regardless, regardless, wherever camp you're in, if, if God's made it super clear or if he, he's not made it super clear, you still are called to action. If God has made it super clear, then you need to step out in faith. If you know what you're supposed to do, you need to do that. Uh, James 4.17 says, So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him it is sin. So if God has made it super clear what you're supposed to do, and you know that's what you're supposed to do, and you don't do it, that's sinning against God. And so step out in faith. Make that decision. Even if even if it's not 100% clear, if you have a little bit of doubt, it's okay. Just make the decision and trust that, that God will be glorified through that. Don't overthink the decision. If, if God has made it clear, then step into that. And if you're in that second camp and, and maybe God has not made it super clear, maybe you have a couple different good options that you could see all of them bringing God glory, the, the fact is, is you still have to make a decision at some point. Maybe, maybe you don't know for sure. And, and honestly, if you don't know for sure, then, then make the decision that you prefer. If there's two great options and God has not clearly shown you which one to choose, then pick the decision that you, you prefer and do it in faith, knowing that God will be glorified. Uh, in Romans 14, Paul's talking about food, and he's, he's having kind of that there's this debate, which foods are good to eat, which foods are not good to eat. And basically, he comes to this conclusion that, that all food is, is good to eat as long as you eat it in faith. And he says in verse 23, but whoever has doubts is condemned if he eats because the eating is not from faith. For whatever does not proceed from faith is sin. And so the, the challenge here is, is we need to make the decision out of faith. Maybe it's not 100% clear, but at some point you have to be active and step out in faith and say, God, I think this is, is a good option. I think I'm going to go for this. And God's, God's not just like looking around trying to punish you for making a decision if he hasn't given you clarity. Like his goal is, is for you to, to be in his will. And so if he hasn't given you 100% clarity, he's, he's wanting you to step out in faith. And I know this isn't super easy. No matter what, like the decision is still going to be difficult to make. But God is going to be glorified. If, you, if your goal is to bring him glory, he's going to be glorified with wherever you go. If you're making disciples, if you're, if you're being obedient to the Great Commission, like God will be glorified no matter what. And so don't, don't be overwhelmed with this. Isn't like it's going to be the end of the world. If God doesn't want you somewhere, he's going to direct you somewhere else. So, so kind of think about it more simply. And I know decision making's uh, decisions are tough, and, and we're in this season where it's, it's going to happen all the time. It's going to happen frequently. 
But if you follow these four steps, if you, if you kind of go through these four different steps, it'll help you navigate these decisions in a way that is a little bit less stressful and in a way that is honoring and glorifying to the Lord. And so if you want to make good decisions first, you need to be transformed. You need to be committed to living for the Lord and actually giving him glory, be renewing your mind. If you have not done that, that's the first thing you need to get right. Second, we need to be in prayer. Not just prayer of, of, God, give me what I want. No, we need to be in prayer saying, God, I surrender everything to you, and I'm coming before you saying, your will be done before we make the decision. Third, we need to be informed. Don't make this decision by yourself. We're, we're not capable of making great decisions on our own because we're, we can get so caught up and so distracted and so uh, emotionally attached to these situations. So don't be making decisions by yourself. And then lastly, lastly, be active. Make a decision. Don't just sit around. God has not given us this life just to sit around being in comfort, hoping that, that somehow something will change. No, he's called us to action. So make decision that you feel will bring God the most glory. And so those are, those are four pretty simple steps. I know that this is not fully encompassing, and each situation is different, and, and you know, I'm sure you could add a bunch of different things, but this is really just a simple guideline, a simple format of, of how you can go through making decisions that bring honor and glory to the Lord. And so right now, we're actually going to go into a discussion time, and so I want you guys to take the next, uh, I think we have another 15 minutes or so. Take the next 15 minutes. Work through these questions with the people around you. We don't have groups this week because of Thanksgiving, so um, just take the next bit of time and work, work through these questions.
Guys, I hope you've enjoyed processing some of this uh, this morning. I am I'm really grateful to Josh for laying this out for us. And what, I, what I'm walking away with today is, is that no matter where you're at in the, in the throes of decision making, that you've got something to hone in that process today. Because even if you're like, I'm, I'm not in that place where I'm making, I'm not, I'm not immediately facing a decision that, that I'm feeling pressure about. Um, you've got that priority number one of being transformed, right? That usually, at least in my experience, so I'll assume it's common to most of us. Uh, usually the pressure to figure it out um, comes with the immediate decision that has to be made. And what we, what we understand from looking at scripture today is that, that there's actually a bigger picture of becoming like Christ. right? And these decisions that we're going to be a part of is part of that process of God refining us to be more like Christ. That is also the beginning of this process to be transformed, to seek, to seek the wisdom of God. And so if you aren't in the immediate throes of decision making, you, are, you have the big benefit of setting yourself up for being able to hear from God when those times come. And so there's just a ton of wisdom in what Josh has shared with us um, from his experience. And I share a lot of what he's described. I remember the day that I had a big, I, I, not just one day, but a season where I had some big decisions going on. And my mom, who is um, one who has been a voice of wisdom in my life through, uh, through a lot of decisions, handed me a small book by Kevin DeYoung that was simply titled, Just Do Something. <laughs> okay, so Josh hit the nail on the head at the end, like, get moving, right? Sometimes we're, I, forgive me for the, the rhyme of it, right? Sometimes we suffer from the paralysis of analysis. What? Have you ever heard that? You can, you can use that sometime, but don't claim it came from me, okay. all right? Um, we, we just overanalyze things when, in the end, if we're following Jesus and we're, and we're truly seeking to glorify him, in whatever we're going to do, then we need to do something. So thanks, Josh, for sharing with us today. Uh, yeah. Next week, next week, Pastor Jeff will be with us, and he's going to be speaking. Um, he's in the back. He listened in on Josh today. Uh, but he's going to be here next week for that. Um, guys, if you don't have somewhere to go this week for Thanksgiving, Jeff and Lisa Ray have, have volunteered to open up their house, and I just think that's phenomenal for you guys to have an opportunity to go there. If you, if you, aren't, if you don't have plans for another Thanksgiving um, event this week, uh, but they need to know today if you are, are going to come to their house. They want to be able to have food for you, right, if you come, so it makes sense. Um, there in the back here, if you uh, are looking for a place to go on Thursday, then that's a great home to go to. Um, so glad that you guys are here. Really excited about um, where we're going and, and the fact that, um, that you are in a season of decision making, right? There's just tons of opportunities in front of you. So really grateful again for getting to walk through some of these principles from God's word. Um, I'm going to pray for us just to wrap us up. Uh, you don't have to run off, but we're going we're gonna to end our, our meeting um, at this point after we pray. Father, thank you for, uh, for bringing us here today. Thank you for your word and the truths in your word and just the practical um, insight that we get. And, and even though, um, you know, if we're honest, sometimes we, we just wish that it would be written in the sky for us to know what to do next. But Father, we, we have even better than that. We have your spirit inside of us. And so help us to grow in Christ-likeness. Help us to be attentive to the to the direction of your Holy Spirit in us as we seek to pursue you and that you'll fill in the details, but help us to know you. Father, as we go, I pray that you would help us to be grateful as we get to focus on that this season. We have much, much to be grateful for. Thank you for, for sending Christ to be our Savior most of all. We love you. In Jesus' name, amen. Have a great week, guys.
Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you would like to get plugged into a small group, just text HB Converge to 81010 and you will get the text reminders for all the small groups. If you have any questions, just respond to one of those text reminders and it will go to our leadership team and they will be able to respond to you directly.